My name is Brad, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Church, and I want to thank you for listening to one of our messages from Hillside Church. We believe that the God who spoke so clearly all through the pages of Scripture is still speaking today. So if it's me speaking or if it's someone else, we pray that the message you are about to hear would allow you to know God, know His hope, know His purpose, and know His power. Enjoy the message. Um, you can turn to in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Um, last week we began to talk about what it will look like for us as a church to begin to reopen and to begin to, to live life again. But we talked about this desire to not return to normal. Not return just to pre-pandemic life, not to long for life in the beginning of March of 2020, but instead to figure out, to try and find a way to go back to better. For us to be better because of everything we've gone through and to see us and our church better because of everything the last 16 months have brought. And last week we really jumped into the deep end of the pool. As we worked through the text, Paul starts out by talking to us about our need to love the ones that we may have had the hardest time with. And that's tough because we are living in such emotional and potentially divisive times, and that's really had an opportunity to put strain on relationships. That it, we we're called to love the ones that if we find the hardest to love, and over the last 16 months, we may have found lots of opportunities to struggle with loving people. Thoughts and opinions, relationship strains, so many things can push down and put stress on relationships. And Paul tells us that in, in the verses we looked at last week that, that you need to love them especially. But Paul says it's more than just that you need to act like you love them. You really need to love them. He says love must be sincere. We can't just fake it. We can't just act like it. We can't just jump through the hoops and go through the motions of love. It's got to be sincere. And so now we pick up our, our text in the next verses that we're looking at this week, starting at verse 13 of Romans 12. It will say, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. For us to love one another in a way that leads us to better, Paul tells us two connected things in this verse. First, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Now, there's a couple of thoughts that I want to unpack for you to, to just talk about what it means to share with people who are in need, what it's called for us to do. First, oftentimes phrasing like this can be seen inside the church and in Christian circles as, as really a code for money. That when we talk about giving to a need, when we talk about taking care of a need, when we talk about, you know, handling a need, oftentimes it's, it's code for we need, we need some finances to help us do that. It's like when we say there's going to be fellowship after church, it means there's going to be food. That, that sometimes we have a code inside of church and, and something like share with the, when people are in need, it can lead us to think that we need finances. And maybe that is what we need. Maybe that is for a specific need. What someone needs is some, some money. It may be financial. But, but we have to be careful not to limit ourselves to thinking like that. Because we may be somebody who's called to meet a need. 
But when we only see one solution, we actually may not be able to meet that need in a way that needs to be met. Or it may put pressure on us to, to meet the need in the ways that we're not meant to. That if we understand meeting needs as just simply, well, I've got to put money towards it, that may not actually meet the need that needs to be met. But sometimes we think about these things, we can get such a narrow focus on what it means. Or it may put pressure or give us an understanding that, that we can't meet the need in another way, that I have to meet it like this. Or if I'm unable to meet it like this, then I just can't meet the need. But we need to be alert to the needs around us. And they may not always be financial. But instead, we may be called to use the skills that God has given us to provide a meal for someone. Another thing that churches are really good for. We like to provide meals, and it's a wonderful blessing. Or maybe it's to babysit. Or to help someone prepare for an exam or for a job interview. Or to lend a hand when someone has a job to do. Or to meet a need that isn't physical, but rather emotional or spiritual. To make a phone call. To send a message. Drop by somebody's front porch. When you feel like somebody needs it. See, meeting a need means that we meet people where they are needy. And all of us have needs in our life. And there are times in our lives where we are all needy. And we need someone to come alongside and help. It may just not be that I'm needy financially, but I just might need to talk to somebody. I just might need somebody to love on me, to care for me, to speak to me, to let me know I'm seen or heard. I just may need somebody to, to come and, 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 and help me with, with my laundry or come and do something to help me make it through this season. We need to really be on the lookout for, for, around us for those that have a need that needs to be met. See, God has called all of us to do this. It's not just for some of us. See, Paul doesn't specify, well, well really, the, the, the biggest, the strongest, the best, the ones that, that can do the most, you really need to meet the needs of other people around you. He says we're all supposed to be doing it. But sometimes we can have a tendency to, to defer to someone else when it comes to helping somebody. Because probably there's somebody better who can meet their needs than me. I probably don't have what it takes to, to do the best job of that. I could only do a little, and, and they probably need more than that. But this is the second thing that we need to understand about, about sharing with people who are in need. We need to look for the needs that need to be met. To recognize that God has called you to meet the needs of people around you. And second, that God has not called you to meet others' needs out of your abundance. Your abundance of talent, your abundance of money, your abundance of ability, your abundance of availability, your abundance of wisdom or knowledge, whatever it may be. So often we fall into these traps of believing that we need to see ourselves in a certain position or in a certain light before we can really understand that we can be helpful. But God isn't calling us to look around at everything that we have and decide what of all that God has given me am I willing to bless someone else with? And what am I not? 
You see, when Jesus needed to feed a huge crowd, he wasn't looking for a catering company. He wasn't looking for a nearby restaurant. He was looking for a small boy who had enough food for a small boy. And that was all he needed. He didn't need somebody who had everything. He needed a small boy who brought enough food for himself. When God was looking for somebody to lead his people, he wasn't looking for a great military leader. He wasn't looking for an eloquent speaker or a great strategic think thinker. He was looking for Gideon, who was hiding at the bottom of a wine press, afraid that anyone would find him. He wasn't looking for somebody who had everything. He was looking for the right person. See, when Jesus was looking for somebody to lead his church, for somebody to build his church on, he wasn't looking for someone who had been educated his entire life inside of the scriptures. He wasn't looking for someone who had been brought up inside of the religious systems. He wasn't looking for someone that was this perfect picture of pastoralness. He was looking for Peter. The denying, ear-chopping, get-behind-me-Satan package that was Peter. See, he wasn't looking, and he's not today, looking for somebody who checks all of the boxes. That can just give and help out of our abundance. He's looking for people who can help because they've been called by God to do it. And as this little boy brought his lunch forward, as Gideon crawled out from under the wine press, as Peter sat there on the beach with Jesus... They discovered that they had enough. But it wasn't because they came in their abundance. It was because they were called by God. God isn't looking for you to meet a need because you are amazingly and eminently qualified to meet a need. He's just looking for you to be used by him. It's not out of your abundance that you're called to be used by him. It's out of your openness to be used by him. The second part of that verse says this. It says, practice hospitality. To practice hospitality means that we keep our schedules and our lives open to the idea of being used by God. That when God pre presents us with something, that our, our, our hearts are open to God. Our schedules are open to God. Our lives are open to God. To practice hospitality means we're willing to put aside our own plans, our own wants, and our stuff because someone else needs us. Because God needs us. And so I've got plans for today. Today's Father's Day. I don't have to work. It's Father's Day. The minute we say amen, I'm done. No, I, I've got to be open. Each of us in our own lives, we, we don't get to say, God, I'm done. I'm off the clock. Practice hospitality means, God, I am available when you need me. It's a big call. It's a selfless call. It's not a normal call. This isn't getting back to normal. It's getting back to a better way of loving and being loved as the family of God. Now, the next couple of verses that we're going to look at, verse 14 and 15, um, they're usually quoted independently of one another. Uh, they're both pretty well-known verses, um, th th but they're quoted in very different contexts. 
that, that you may recognize these verses, but you may not realize that they go back to back because you don't usually hear the thoughts expressed inside of these verses as one thought, that typically they're, they're, they're used in very different circumstances. But I think if we take them together, if we look at these two verses as sort of one thought, and we'll unpack how to do that in a second, we get a really amazing picture of what it looks like to live life together. The two verses together are, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's verse 14. Then rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That's verse 15. Now, you probably, maybe, have heard both of those verses at different times, but probably not together. That, that someone, if you're going through a difficult time, or somebody's going to say, well, bless those who persecute you. I need to remember that when I'm going through something difficult with somebody. And then when there's other situations in life, well, we need to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. What I believe that this is showing us is that we need to, to love people by living life together with them. By spending time with them, by meeting them wherever they are at in life. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the joys and the sorrows. We join with people when we celebrate births and birthdays. Weddings, a new home. And we join with people when, when they lose a loved one. Or as they deal with a difficult diagnosis. We rejoice with those who rejoice. When there's moments inside of our, of our church family of, of joy and excitement, baby Seth is here, and we rejoice because he's here, and we rejoice because our church family got a new baby, and we rejoice. And we mourn when there's seasons of mourning. And sometimes they happen at the same time. But we enter into where people are at, that we rejoice when people are rejoicing and we mourn when people are mourning. We're meant to share in them together in the good and the bad as a church family. We are called to be happy together when we are together and we are called to be together when things are hard. That when we're together and we're happy, we're happy and when we're together and it's hard, it's hard. But the point is that we're together. That's how we walk through life together. And this is where I think that the first verse, the bless those who persecute, actually connects to this. See, last week when we, when we began talking about this passage, we talked about how, how Paul started off by throwing us into the deep end. That he started out at the most difficult point and then began to work backwards. He started out with, you have to mean it. No fakes. It's got to be real. That's where we started. Paul says, before I even tell you how, the first thing you need to know, it's got to be real. Started out at the hardest point. And I think these verses give us the same, the same kind of content, concept. The themes of these verses, I think, can be said like this. Live your lives, all of your lives together. And that means the good parts and the bad parts. Times when people rejoice and times when people mourn. But Paul doesn't say... And Paul doesn't start with the things happening to you in your life. He gets to that, that as I rejoice when you're rejoicing, I'm talking about something that's happening to you in your life. Mourning with those who mourn. It's something that's happening to you in your life. But he starts with the things happening in my life by you. That that's where we begin is not the things happening to you in your life. It's the things happening in my life by you. 
What happens when relationship falls to a fracture? When someone we're called to love sincerely, that we are called to be devoted to, like family, like we talked about last week, when that person in our life loses it on us, gets so mad, and they come after us in our lives, what do we do? How do we live life there? Do we even live life there? What happens when relationship falls apart? And we are confronted with anger. And we are confronted with somebody who's mad at us. What do we do with that? When life with someone is at its absolute most difficult. Paul starts with the hardest. When life with someone, when life with someone is at its hardest... Do we still live life with them? Paul says, yeah. But unlike when they're mourning or, or when they're rejoicing, where we're called to enter into what it is that they're dealing with, we are called to continue to live our lives with someone, but we're not called to meet them where they are. It's neither flee from those who are persecuting you. Paul doesn't say flee and do not curse. It's not curse those who persecuted you. Curse and curse again. Paul doesn't call us to retaliate and meet them where they're at. To engage them in the same kind of behavior that they are. And he also doesn't call us to leave them there either. He calls us to stay there. To continue to live life with them and to love them. To not meet them where they are in their anger, but to love them. Bless them. Love them. Care for them. Don't worry about defending yourself. Don't worry about you. Worry about them choose to love them. Paul calls us to, to, be cho to be choosing to bless our enemies instead of fighting with them. When you choose to bless others, even if you don't, or even if they don't deserve it, you are choosing to live your life with them. You are being devoted and you are being sincere. We are called to live all of our life together. The good moments, the bad moments, and the moments that should break it all apart. As we've walked through these verses today, there's a theme that comes out of it for us. We are called to live life together. Each and every step of the way, the joys of life, the sad moments of life, the moments of need in life, and the moments of anger and strife in life. Do you have people in your life that need something from you? Meet them in their need and show them Jesus. Do you have people in your life rejoicing? Meet them in their rejoicing and show them Jesus. Do you have people in your life that are mourning? Meet them in their mourning and show them Jesus. Do you have people in your life that are angry and bitter? Meet them, but not in their anger and not in their bitterness but in blessing and show them 
Jesus. We are called to live each and every one of, or we're called to live out each and every one of them in a way that reflects the sincere love of Jesus. We are called to be willing, we are called to be available, and we are called to take whatever situation we find ourselves living inside of, showing the love of Jesus in whatever place we find ourselves. Meet the people around us where they're at. Meeting the needs of people around us is one of the hardest things that we are called to do as a believer. It requires perspective and fortitude to choose God's, or to choose what God wants from us and for others over what we may want for ourselves. Or maybe even what feels like the most gratifying for us at the time. But you have the power to choose the abundant life God makes available to you in every moment. The Holy Spirit will help you serve. Forgive and offer grace and meet others where they are when we allow him to. Choose to bless those around you today and watch as the love and honor you show others brings heaven to earth around you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, just as we prayed last week, you knew and you know what it is to be in community with others. You know the good and the bad, the highs and the lows. You know the challenges that other people bring. And God, I thank you that we have your example to look through. Your example to look at how you related to those around you, what you said about how you relate, that you said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And so God, I pray for all of us. God, would you help us to have hearts that are willing to serve? Would you help us to live our lives out of a place that says that I am here to, to live all of life together with my, with my devoted family, with my family that I'm sincerely devoted to. In the good, in the bad, in the difficult, God, I am here to live life with them. God, may we not allow the, the cultural understanding of, of my life is about me, my experience is about me. My thoughts are about me, that I need to be focused on me. God, may we run counter to all of that. May our lives be about you. And by being about you, they become about others. So God, may we be able to meet people today. May we be able to sincerely, truly, deeply, and honestly love people wherever they may be in their moments of need in their moments of joy, in their moments of mourning, in moments of anger. God, may we be able to meet others where they're at. And may we, in all of it, may we show you. God, as difficult or as easy as it may be in those moments, God, may we show you in everything we do and in every relationship we have. God, may we live our lives as a reflection of Jesus in whatever it is that we face. God, help us not to go back to normal. God, help us to go back to better in you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this message from Hillside Church. I pray that you were blessed by what God had to say in this message. If you would like to connect further with Hillside Church, there are a couple places you can go. HillsideAirdrie.ca is our website, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HillsideAirdrie. You can also look us up on YouTube and find all of our messages on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect to the pastoral team at Hillside, you can do that through our website, hillsideairdry.ca, and click on About Us in the main menu, and then click on Our Pastors. We're so thankful to be able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with our community in Airdrie and with you today. At Hillside Church, we are a family, not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. And that family includes you. As family we go. You're the keeper, protector. It is you that holds us together. When everything else fails us, it is you that holds us
us together. 